All right, our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. We're going to begin in verse 1, go through verse 10. You can find it in page 1043 in your pew Bible. That is, if you didn't bring a Bible with you, we assume it's for two reasons. You either have it memorized or you don't have one, and so we provide one here for you. Again, that's Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. We want to give you the opportunity to read and see for yourself the very scripture we are reading uh, so you can verify it with your own eyes. And because we know with the Holy Word, God makes an impression upon hearts and souls and transforms minds. So let's pray first. Oh, holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. And it is written, he entered Jericho and was passing through and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus. Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Here is the reading of the holy word. May God add his blessing upon the reading and hearing of it this morning. So today we're in week two of Outcasts, which we started this series, Outcasts, the friends of Jesus, really diving into the gospel of Luke to fully understand who is it that Jesus, who's been claimed to be this friend of sinners, who are these outcasts, these sinners that Jesus is hanging out with, so much so he's named a friend of them, so much so that it gives ammunition to the religious and to the righteous people to think we need to protect God and his word here and do away with this man claiming to be the son of God. And here we find last week we were in Luke chapter 15, the lost chapter in which we began by saying Jesus goes to seek that which is lost. He goes against the conventional wisdom of leaving 99 sheep unattended to go find the one who is lost. That that the Holy Spirit through the church says we're not satisfied with the nine coins we have. We're going to tear everything apart searching for the one lost. And that the Father in heaven goes searching for his lost son. See, through all of this, we see that the heart of God, the heart of Jesus, the very manner of the Holy Spirit is to search for the lost. And in today's story, it's no different. At the beginning, we, we hear about this man named Zacchaeus. Who here has spent any amount of time in church and heard about Zacchaeus before? Now, who knows the song about Zacchaeus? All right, how does it go? It's like Zacchaeus, a wee little man was he. 
keep, keep going. There we go. I'm impressed with any, if you remembered more than Zacchaeus was a wee little man, I'm mightily impressed with you because I, my knowledge of the song stopped there. Uh, I, <laughs> so thank y'all for, for adding to the sermon this morning, but Zacchaeus was a, you know, and, and so we get that song and, and we, and we learn that song and we learn that this story is about Zacchaeus and, and we gather that because at first that's all it talks about is Zacchaeus. It says, he entered Jericho and was passing through. This is Jesus that he entered Jericho, which was this major metropolitan area in Israel, a center of, of business and, and mobility and, and things of that nature. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Now, it tells us a couple things about Zacchaeus so we can feel like we get to know him. We can almost relate to him. We can kind of understand and see where Jesus is coming from. And so he tells us he was a chief tax collector. Now, in the first century, being a tax collector was bad enough. Being the chief tax collector was deplorable. Being chief tax collector was to be despised and to be despicable amongst all else. Last week, we talked how sinners wasn't just a, a, a status of our relationship with God, but sinners was a whole class of people, of, of prostitutes, of diseased, of disabled, that they had been condemned and were beyond forgiveness. And then there were tax collectors, which were below sinners. And here is Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. And tax collectors weren't just evil and awful and despicable because the tax was $20 and, and got 25 out of you. They were evil, awful, despicable, if you remember from last week, because they also participated in the funding of oppression of Jewish people through the Roman army, that essentially it was the same as if your neighbor was raising funds to ensure that your family be killed. That is why they were looked down upon so much. Now, Zacchaeus' chief tax collector would also get a percentage from all of the other tax collectors that worked under him, like a, like a pyramid scheme, that, that I'm a tax collector, I'm going to have other tax collectors, and they're going to pay me such. And it says he was chief tax collector, and he was rich. See, it's important to note that Zacchaeus was rich. And, and this is to help us that are reading the gospel of Luke, not necessarily for those that were amongst the people that day, but for the people that Luke is writing to. Because in the 18th chapter, the rich young ruler just came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus says, keep the laws. He says, I've done so perfectly ever since my birth. And Jesus says, well, then go and give everything you have to the poor and follow me. And he says, the rich young ruler walked away. And Jesus says, I tell you that it is harder for a, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. It will be harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so this is for us. This, that, that little nugget of information is for us the, reading this gospel is to say Zacchaeus was a rich man. So not only was he an outcast, but previously, Jesus had just, say, just said it would be impossible for him to enter the kingdom of heaven. 
and Jesus, as he's passing through this crowd in Jericho, we know of Zacchaeus. See, this is Zacchaeus. What we know about him is that he was a wee little man and there was a large crowd. So he had two problems. The crowd was too big and he was too small. The crowd being too big, it, at some distance, you're not going to be able to see through all of the people. And being too short, it, at some distance, you're not going to be able to see over them. So he climbs on a sycamore tree and stands on a branch. It's not a big tree. It's, it's more like, a, if you understand what a live oak looks like, it's kind of low-lying branches. And he stood up so he could see over the crowd. Now, it, it tells us here, Jesus was just passing through. It wasn't Jesus sitting amongst a crowd. Jesus was just passing through the streets. And Zacchaeus wasn't waving down and yelling at Jesus. Zacchaeus didn't have a, uh, an illness that he needed healing. He didn't have a faith crisis that he needed having dealt with by Jesus. He wasn't actually seeking out an interaction with him. The scriptures say he just wants to see him. He wants to get a glimpse of who this Jesus is. Because throughout Luke, this is the sixth time Jesus interacts with a tax collector. And, and so... Zacchaeus being a chief tax collector would have heard of all of these interactions going around of this Messiah, of this Jesus interacting. And so he just wants to see what this man looks like. And so it tells us he's up in this tree. And so we, with this song and with this scripture, we think this whole story is about Zacchaeus. But then we get to verse five and it flips on us. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Now remember, Zacchaeus isn't flagging him down. Zacchaeus isn't shouting at him. Zacchaeus is merely trying to get his eyes above the crowd to see Jesus. And Jesus, as he passes by, doesn't see a man in a tree and say, hey, you, what's your name? What are you doing up there? Jesus knows Zacchaeus, calls him by name and says, hurry down now. I'm coming to stay at your house. Now, in the south where I'm from, over in Texas, you don't just invite yourself over to someone's house. Right? You invite yourself over to someone's house, they say, oh, bless your heart. <laughs> That's Texan for no, you're not. <laughs> right? And, and, and so Jesus, Jesus doesn't ask Zacchaeus if he can come over. He tells him, I am coming to your home. And Zacchaeus' response upon the Savior, the Lord, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, coming to him and saying, hurry down, come, I'm staying at your home. His response wasn't one of begrudgingly moving and sloth-like movement. He hurried down and it says, received him joyfully. Because you see, Jesus has this habit of calling us out by name. Even the apostle Nathaniel understood that in John chapter 1 when Jesus is calling apostles and he finds Philip and then Philip goes to get Nathaniel and, and Nathaniel's like, what good can come out of Nazareth? And so as he's approaching Jesus, Jesus says, behold, Nathaniel. He goes, how do you know me? Well, I saw you. See, those are important words. We ask Jesus, how do you know me? 
Zacchaeus can ask Jesus, how do you know me? We ask Jesus, how do you know me? And he says, I saw you. Jesus sees us and knows us. And he tells Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Now, remember the rich young ruler in, in chapter 18 we talked about previously? He didn't give away any of his stuff. He left Jesus. Here, as Jesus arrives at his home, Zacchaeus calls him Lord. We don't know any conversation or anything going on, but he calls him Lord, gives half of his stuff away to the poor, and reserves the rest of what he has to say, if I defrauded anybody, I'll pay him back fourfold. And Jesus is like, okay, yeah, you're going to be out of money real soon. And then Jesus says, salvation has come upon your house. You are a son of Abraham. But he doesn't end there. Jesus reveals his entire purpose in verse 10. He says, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus did not come to set up a new moral code and create a good moral people to live here on earth. Jesus did not come so that we may gather in spaces and pretend to be country clubs ignoring outsiders. Jesus did not come so that he could set an example for us to be good people. Jesus came in his own words to seek and to save the lost. And he says that to a tax collector who couldn't even go to a synagogue. He says that to the outcast, the person looked down upon, the person who was even beneath sinners in their class system. Jesus says, I have come to seek and to save Zacchaeus, Nathaniel. Each and every one of us. Jesus reveals in this sentence not only his purpose, but a, a, a foundational characteristic of God. See, God has been searching out sinners from the very beginning. We can go back to Genesis chapter 3 and we can read about how Adam and Eve, they ate the forbidden fruit. And after they ate it, they go and hide in the bushes because God starts walking through the garden and they don't want to be seen. And it says here in verse 9, But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? God went searching for the very first sinner and he hasn't stopped yet. And it, the prophet Ezekiel, in the 34th chapter, beginning in verse 11, he says these words as I flip to it. He's quoting God in verse 11, and he says, God says these words, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And he continues on, verse 16, I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed. Jesus confirms 
that the very nature of God and his very purpose is a search and rescue mission of sinners. In 2016, uh, a movie came out called Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge is a movie based on uh, the life of Desmond Doss. He was a conscientious objector during the Second World War. Uh, He's part of the Christian faith through the Seventh-day Adventist tradition. Uh, And he didn't believe in carrying a gun. And even as they sent him over to serve in Japan, he served as a medic and refused to carry a gun. Now, he is the only conscientious objector to ever receive the Medal of Honor. And he did so because after his, his troops had been defeated and those that, were, that, that had made it out had retreated, Das was left behind and he heard other men screaming and crying out who were left there as lost, ruined, and destroyed. And Doss saved over 75 men that night, one at a time as fire and bombs and, and, and the Japanese were hunting them down. He would crawl and find the lost and rescue them and take them over to the ridge and lower them down and would go once more and search for another. He had within him the mind and the heart of Christ to seek and to save the lost. See, as we read in our scripture today, that word lost in Greek is apollomy. Apollomy means ruined or destroyed. And Jesus came to seek and to save those ruined and destroyed by sin. That what made outcasts in the first century was their sin as the temple ruled the social class. What makes us outcasts today is not whether or not we're in the in crowd here in this world, but how far away we are from God. Sin destroys and ruins our lives and our relationship with God. But God does not leave us there. From the very beginning, God has shown his heart not to be one of condemnation, but a heart of love and rescue and salvation. And he accomplishes this through Jesus Christ. And Paul says, and while we were yet sinners in Romans 5, Christ died for us. He would go and be hung on a Roman cross and shed his blood so that we would receive forgiveness of sins. And three days later, he would be resurrected. And 50 days after his resurrection, the Holy Spirit would come as Jesus had promised. And then he would begin sending out his apostles and fellow believers to go and witness to the one who has come to seek and to save us from ruin and from destruction. And we do this because as the Apostle John writes, we love because he first loved us. 
So we're here today singing and praising the Lord because he has called you by name at some point in your life. He may have said, hurry down and come, for I'm going to come stay in your heart. And some of us hurry down like Zacchaeus. Others of us, we pretended we couldn't hear. We said, who, me? Why would you want me? And every time we say, why would you want me? Jesus says, because I came here for you. And then Jesus comes and stays in our heart. And we are called as the body of Christ here on earth, as, as his church, to go and proclaim that the risen Lord comes to call us each by name to bring us home, to not leave us in our ruins or not leave us destroyed. For the Apostle Paul also writes in Romans 8, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we can sit and stay in our ruin and destruction and think we're unworthy. Or we can listen to Jesus calling our name, saying, I'm coming home to you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you praise and thanks this morning that you have called each of us here by name. Called us and, and said you were going to come and abide with us in our heart. Lord, we thank you for the for the your saving acts of us on the cross. That through your blood we receive forgiveness and through your resurrection you sealed your promise. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that guides us and convicts us and pushes us to witness for you. Lord, may we have the courage and the strength to go in love who the world says is unlovable, but you say that's simply not true. That they have names. And that we, like you, are to call them by name and love them because you first loved us. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.